This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Join Justin Townsend and the Harvesting Nature crew as they explore the world of cooking wild fish and game while sharing recipes, tips, tricks, and lessons learned from their pursuit of wild food. We sure hope you ate before the show, because you're going to leave hungry. This is the Wild Fish and Game Podcast. Hello, everybody. This is Corey with the Harvesting Nature crew, and we have another special episode episode for you tonight. I think Justin is currently somewhere in the woods of Florida, the woods and swamps of Florida, chasing turkeys. I am in Venango County, Pennsylvania, which is uh, my hometown, and I'm with my friend JC, uh, who you may recognize from episode 232, Cooking, Hunting, and Eating with a New Hunter. What we were doing today was checking out some of the beautiful streams that crisscross the landscape around my hometown, chasing after trout. It's, what, second week, second or third week of trout season, so we were taking advantage of that. But before we get into to the meat of the episode, uh, I just want to remind our listeners about our Adventures for Food podcast. It comes out every other Sunday. If you have a story and you want to tell it, Email us at what's cooking at harvestingnature.com and we'll get you on the show to tell your story. Also, join our Facebook community page, uh, the Wild Fish and Game Community on Facebook. It, uh, the link will be in the show notes if you want to check that out. And as always, you can buy us a coffee to support us. It's a great way to show your support for the content we, we create. I'm always up late editing and filming and all that fun stuff so that's a way you can show that you like what we're doing uh, the link for that is also in the show notes also go to buyallen.com and use promo code harvest10 for 10% off your order the allen company has tons of products that cover archery shooting fishing 
all kinds of different things. Turkey hunting, the Shocker series. They have all kinds of stuff, and I'm sure you have, many of our listeners have Allen Company gear. They just don't know it. They've been making some good products for a long time, so check that out. Today, I was using Allen's Cedar Creek Sling Pack while fishing, and I don't like wearing vests. I don't like to be weighed down by vests, so I I use an over-the-shoulder sling pack. But I also use a wader bag, so coming down, it's about an hour and a half drive. I'm always driving somewhere to go fishing. I have this nice bag that I throw my waders, my boots in the bottom side, and I can throw my clothes, extra clothes and jacket and stuff in the top and doesn't get wet from my waders and my boots and all that fun stuff. So check that stuff out. But I have an update of a previous episode so back in May, on episode 317, we had Chris, Kristoff, and Alex from the University of Pennsylvania on about their issues trying to start a hunting club at the University of Pennsylvania. If you haven't yet, go back and listen to that episode. It's a good one. They have been in a year-plus long battle with the university to be officially recognized and get all of the associated benefits that come with that. Well, I got an email today from Chris, and the university has finally recognized them as a club. So congratulations to Chris, Christoph, Alex, and all the members of the new University of Pennsylvania Archery Shooting and Hunting Club. Now I want to introduce JC. Like I said, you he's been on the show before. So JC, why don't you tell us a little more about yourself but in terms of fishing. Yeah, as Corey said, I was on the episode. Uh, I think that came out in December. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was that was awesome to do that, and it's good to be back and doing it again, spend some time with Corey. But, yeah, in terms of fishing, it, like, I grew up fishing with my dad. Um, nothing spectacular. We just go out, something probably for him to get out of the house with me, get away from my mom type of deal. Uh, spend some time in the woods because um, I know when he was young he would do that stuff and um, and then when I was born he like again used it as a way to get back into the woods and um, show me some of those same skills so that's I sort of picked it up from there and uh, I've been sort of fishing ever since and then I uh, can't remember when that was I think it was in grad school I uh, started fly fishing and that was all because I broke my uh, ugly stick and broke it in a car door and was like well now I guess I got to do something else so I picked up a fly rod and had a really good mentor to um, help me along with fly fishing it's Corey you remember him Sam Lawrence yep, yep. yeah um, yeah and started fishing out in eastern Pennsylvania fly fishing out in eastern Pennsylvania it's a great place to go fly fishing if you ever want to go out that way what, what's funny is we met at grad school and we hung out in grad school and we both like to fish. But we never fish together. <laughs> but we never fish together while <laughs> yeah. we were in grad school. Yeah. But, yeah, I always thought but that we, was kind of funny. We did have that fish fry together, though. Like, I was able to go to that. So yeah. It was like after sort of like hours type of deal. There right. may have been adult beverages. But, uh, yeah, that was, a, that was a lot of fun. But, yeah, so been fly fishing and I guess uh, got into that. Never really started tying my own flies or anything, but really enjoyed just the going out and getting into the woods type of deal and not being around anybody. I really, not that I don't like people, but like, you know, it's just good to be out in the woods. Um, 
But then, what was that, 2016? 2015, 2016, somewhere around It had to have been 2016. It's when I moved back from Georgia. Um, and I was working in Ohio. Because remember, I drove in from Niles, Ohio, and came out. And um, we started, it was a, you, me, and uh, your buddy Brian and your dad started fishing. And it takes us to present day, which we've, we've done it, I think, almost every year. Obviously, not last year. But, uh, yeah, we've been fishing together, doing that sort of the same trip since then. Yeah, yeah, we try to make it a, a yearly trip. It's a good excuse to get away and catch some fish, have some fun. So um, today we went to a stream called Oil Creek. We got out there. It, it was probably pretty good conditions for fishing today, I'd say, because it was overcast. It was rainy. It was a little cold, though, a little colder than I would like. Cold. But we got out there pretty early, and I think as soon as we got there, we were into the fish today. Thankfully. Yeah. yeah. Well, Corey was. I wasn't. I had to <laughs> reset all my rigging because I left it on from a long time ago, and all my sinkers were all, or split shot was all messed up. And but uh, no, Corey got into it, and once I got my stuff figured out, we were we were hitting them. We were the only ones hitting it, and there were like, what four other guys around. They didn't. They weren't catching anything, and we're pulling them in. Yeah, it was it was nice. <laughs> it was nice catching the fish. <laughs> Showing I, off to those guys I, down the stream. <laughs> I, want, I, I will say this. I am not some expert fisherman. I, I don't claim to be. I just stack the odds in my favor. We go to streams that I know very well that I fished a long time. We go to spots that we know hold the fish. And, and your dad's also gone out and done a lot of scouting like previously up to it. Right. Scouting, i.e. fishing all day. <laughs> <laughs> And we go um, after they stock the trout. Pennsylvania has an extensive um, stocking program. So we take advantage of that. We know when they're going to stock. So we, we kind of coordinate our yearly trip to kind of go off the, the stocking of a couple streams so we can hit those and have some success. Pennsylvania, has, I, I think, has a great stocking program because they've done it for a long time. I remember helping stock when i was a kid my dad would take me out of school and we'd go stalking but so it's a put and take program so there's no expectation that these fish are going to hold over to next year i mean i think some do but it's not it's not yeah, expected and they're all what like they're they're literally farm raised they're hatchery yeah, raised they're fish. hatchery raised fish. they they know to eat pellets they know to eat fish food corn stuff like that but like natural stuff it might not come to them right away so yeah they're not they're, they're not, not to replenish the population right yeah and I, and I think it's so like i said it's a put and take program pennsylvania fish and boat commission's website they say 68 percent of the stock trout are rainbow trout which are less likely to uh, reproduce naturally in the stream so it's less of a concern for competition with um, wild brook trout populations in pennsylvania like i said there's an expectation that that they're not going to hold over and they really don't want them to hold over. So the the Pennsylvania Fish and Boat Commission stocks 3.2 million adult trout per year. And then another million are stocked by cooperative nurseries and partners and they stock uh, over 4600 miles of streams and that that includes over 1000 different streams in Pennsylvania and 130 different lakes. So like I said Pennsylvania has has a great stocking program, and every year, except last year because of COVID, 
But every year since my daughter's been like three, I've taken uh, my kids out stalking. And this year, all three, Ellis was old enough that I could take all three of them. And, and we help stalk stream. And they, they love it. I and love taking them out. That's probably one of the awesome things about the Pennsylvania stocking program is that, like, they encourage you to come out and help and, like, bring your kids and stuff like that to get everybody involved. And I know, like, people don't like the game commission or stuff like that. But, like, actually, Pennsylvania has a very good and awesome game commission in Pennsylvania Fish and Boat Commission, too. Like, I mean, that, that, those guys are great. They do. They put in a lot of work. Yeah, we like yeah we like to go stalking every year. Like growing up, like actually, I just found this out like maybe like a couple months ago. There was a nursery or hatchery that was only like twenty minutes from where I grew up. No, no idea about it until like like I said a few months ago. And I wish I would have known about that. That would have been awesome to go and like help out. Because like when I like over the summers between like when I was in high school and in the first couple years of college, I actually worked at a goldfish hatchery and like that was actually a lot of fun because like i got to learn a lot about like spawning and fish and stuff like that but in more of like we would raise goldfish and and show koi so like the really expensive koi that you go like find in a um like really like i don't know high-end restaurant or like a japanese place or something like that like we would we would breed those and um like I got to learn a lot about that and fish in that regards, but like not much about native species to like Pennsylvania or the United States. So we had success today and we caught, uh, we caught, I don't, I lost track of how many we caught. I think today. we all did. Yeah. We, we had a, we had a good day. The primary technique we're using is what was shown to me, um, to fish for steelhead for lake erie steelhead but we have like a we call them noodle rods they're nine or ten foot long rods and they're pretty slow action they're real wispy i'm using four pound test spinning reel and then we have it's a bobber but we, we call it a float it's a specific kind of float i'll put a link in the show notes to what i'm talking about and we're running a single like four size 14 hook so it's a real small hook with a single salmon egg. And the key is to, when you're drifting through the runs and stuff, to keep your line off the water. And so as soon as something hits that hook, hits the bait, your your float goes down and you can set the hook as, as quickly as possible. And what's great about that is it, it happens so fast, every single fish that you catch, or nearly every single trout that you catch, is right on the lips. So you reel them in, and and it's easy to to get the hook out and let them go. Yeah, they're we, not they're not swallowing it or anything. It's no. really nice. And most of the fishing that that we're doing is catch and release. Um, I don't find that the trout tastes the greatest. However, we did decide to keep a few today, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah, we'll get into that later. So like going to like back to that technique like if you've ever done any like tenkara fishing or something like that it's basically an extendable rod i think this is also something in japan but like uh it's gotten popular in the past few years in the united states as well but it's like you get like a nine or ten foot rod and your line is actually attached to the tip of your rod and you cast very similarly to fly fishing 
but you try to keep that line off the water. I mean, you can let it float too. It's like, again, very similar to fly fishing, but sort of that same thing. You want a nice dead drift with it. You want to be able to strike once you see your indicator or something go under. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really fun and effective way to fish. Yeah, we, we actually just had, back in February, uh, one of our field staff riders, Justin Yeager, rode about a 10-car rod. Yeah the, yeah, the key is to keep slack to minimum so you can, you're can you sensitive to, to the hits and, and can react pretty quickly. But, I mean, that first, we, we hit one stream in the morning. We fished there until about 2 o'clock. But we basically stayed in like a 100-yard stretch. Yeah, we, we just kept far. going up up and down the same stretch because it was it's a stretch I know well. And I, um, there's all these little pockets that hold. You'd work down it, and you'd find a pocket that are holding fish that are biting. And then you'd work through that. And then they would, would slow down and you move up or down. Yeah, yeah. and you get them, get them bite. You find another pocket that was biting, and I actually had a hold of a palomino. Palomino, yeah. So, or yeah. a lot of people call them golden rainbows. It's not a golden trout because that's different. This is a golden rainbow. So it's the the big orange trout. I had a hold of it for a couple minutes, but uh, it, almost had it in too. Yeah, but it spit the hook. It, it looked pretty girthy too. I've caught. You've never caught one of those. I've never caught one. No, I've I've caught a handful of them. The last like last one I think was a couple of years ago. But I got pre- pretty pumped. The they stick out like a sore thumb in the water because they're you know bright orange. So we call them marker fish. So you see them. You can see those ones laying out there, and you you know that there's other ones laying around it. So you know that there's fish out there, and you can mark fish, mark the fish, and fish in that area but i wasn't expecting usually those fish are caught the first day and let go they get smart and they get smart they smarten up real quick but yeah because there were there were probably four others five others around there something like that and then even in the other creek we went to it they they did not want to have anything to do with what we were throwing out nope they got curious but yeah everybody sees them so everybody tries throwing stuff at them and yeah everybody spooking them and so yeah, the the first room we went to, we did we we did pretty good at. We, yeah, we lost count. Yeah, lost, <laughs> lost count. After lunch, we headed to a new stream that I hadn't I hadn't fished since I don't know college probably, but we didn't do any good there. No, I I think it had been hit pretty heavily. Yeah, and and, and they had it's super easy access. Too. Yeah, it's yeah the and. The stream we went to first thing in the morning, they had just stocked this past week, so a lot of fresh fish in there. Like I said, I'm not a professional angler by any means. I just stacked the odds in my favor. the uh, The second stream we went to, it uh, it was what, it, stocked it, back in March. March, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So it's been a while. So the fish had plenty of time to smarten up and disperse they, too. Yeah, disperse, and so they they were smarter than we were. <laughs> Those tiny little brains. So yeah. The, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun this morning. I mean, even though it was cold and I guess it wasn't like opening day though. Like opening day, like Corey, you said it was what, nineteen, twenty degrees yeah, when it was, you started fishing? Yeah, on opening day it was I think when I parked in the parking lot at the stream it said nineteen degrees on my truck and it's a little chilly. A little chilly. And walking down the stream I was I was not expecting to catch any fish at all. But we I, I was there five, ten minutes and started getting into them. But you know it's cold when the ice 
starts forming on the on the tip of your rod and you have to you have to put it in your mouth to melt the ice so you can actually cast your line out yeah i, I remember fishing um back in grad school like i'd go out during the winter like january and february and fish um oh man what was that what was the one that ran from like north side down through and hit hit the, the lehigh river the monocacy monocacy i think yeah i'd go fish that in the middle of winter and then Man, there were days when I'd be standing out there frigid. My fly line would get all iced up and be like, it'd be a solid straight line down the whole way to the water. And like I could see trout in there. They again, they, it's it's cold. They're not moving. They don't want to have anything to do with that, even if it was a easy fake meal. But like, yeah, it, I didn't have any luck. <laughs> I, I fished them when I when I was at school. I fished the Monocacy quite a bit because yeah. it wasn't too far from where I was living. And so I knew about it. Yeah, that was it. actually really close to you. Yeah. yeah. and But I didn't fish down by me. I went further upstream. Up the, where the trophy trout were? Uh, below the trophy trout. Oh, section. yeah, because you probably weren't fly fishing, were you? No. Uh, I was. That's, oh, were you? Uh, yeah, in, in grad school, I, I fly fished more. Um, th- the great thing about grad school was... Had a lot of time. I had a lot of time. <laughs> you have like... <laughs> one class a day and then you could work on your thesis yeah work. Mm-hmm. So, so the thesis always got pushed to like nighttime nighttime or like the last month that you had to <laughs> before you graduated <laughs> and so i'd spend a lot of time on the stream and i'd go in the middle of the week in the middle of the day and the only people there are like the retirees yeah or and the geese i got chased by so many damn geese the old guys out there fishing show me how to use dry flies and what to do and everything. So fishing with that guy for like, I don't know, an hour or so I caught a couple, um, on a dry fly. Yeah. And so they, it's they an were awesome feeling. Yeah. They were, they were wild Browns. So Browns aren't native to Pennsylvania, but I think these were re, re were produced in the stream naturally. So they, they were wild and they're a lot different coloration than, than the stalked brown trout but yeah but they stalked that stream pretty heavily too and i caught a lot of fish that way too but did you ever fish under the bridge down by um 78 on the other side of the mountain no that was also some really good fishing oh yeah yeah stream the monoxy was the one i fished the most little lehigh i i fished yeah i fished a little Lee, not the fly fishing section though the um i think up near emmaus Okay, I got a lot of weird looks when I would fish the little Lehigh and like the fly fishing one because I wouldn't walk in with waders on. I um, wet, wet wet wade and all the old guys would be like, "Who is this little jabroni walking in? Like he shouldn't be here." I was probably look like a sack of crap because I just rolled out of bed or something like that. But all yeah. over, yeah. And uh, I fished the Jordan. Jordan was awesome. I loved going up that way. And uh, the Hawk and Dockwa that went through Northampton. Yeah. Did you ever go down towards Redding and fish Redding? Mm-mm. That, there was some good water down there, really good water. And I fished the Bushkill Creek, and that yeah. was the stream that I caught my first fish with a rod that I made. No kidding. thought that was pretty cool, yeah. And it was in, like, middle of June. <laughs> water temperature's mm-hmm. nice and high. Uh, yeah. There yeah. was kids swimming in the stream in the hole just upstream <laughs> from me. I was like, I'm not gonna catch anything. Well, that's but. actually funny you said that. Like I, um, I built a rod a 
crap, when was that? Probably 2017. Fished it for the first time on opening day 2021. Nice. Yeah. No luck. No luck. Nope. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Going back to the techniques that we used, um, the salmon egg and float. I've actually used flies that same way. Used the spinning rod with the float and split shot, but instead of putting a size 14 hook. Put like a nymph on or something. Yeah, I've put nymphs. I've put like glow bugs and and different things like that. And I've I've caught. I bet uh, you one of those little San Juan worms would work too. Yeah. 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 So I've I've not nearly, because I don't try it as often as I use the salmon eggs, but I've caught fish that, that way. No, that's a, I never really thought about doing that. Well, I guess uh, what um, Calvin was using. What, what did he, he have had on trout today? magnets? He on. had a trout magnet on today, and yeah. he was getting hits and yeah, yeah, he come, in. Yep, yeah. There was what six of us today that ended up yeah. being down there, and yep. I think all of us caught double digits of trout. Yeah, and just like well, we got there about eight o'clock, seven thirty-eight, yeah. and they didn't get there until after nine. Yeah. So, yeah, we were doing pretty good. Like again, like I think everybody around us, like not to say that technique is the best, but like we were the only ones really catching any fish. There, I don't know what that. There was one guy on the other side of the stream when we first got there that was he wasn't catching them nearly as often. But as he we, he was he caught his limit, limit though, today. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not sure. I don't know if he was using a lure or what. It, what he, was, he, was, he had a the guy in the orange, right, with the blue jeans. Yeah, because he had a lure and it was a little crayfish. Because oh. I got. I caught his lure and then like pulled it in. I'm like, oh man, but yeah, we figured it out. <laughs> uh, another technique that that I've used, um, I used it before I learned this the salmon egg and float technique was uh, you thread a minnow. Yeah, with, explain how you do that too, because like I mean, like you do it so that it looks like it's still yeah swimming, yeah. Right? It's a pain in the ass when. Uh, you get a bite and it rips up your minnow. You have to go through this whole process again. But I'm using spinning tackle, so the, um, spinning reel and, and rod. You make a loop at the end of your line, and you take a, a. They make they sell the needles at any bait and tackle that have like an open eye. So you you take the eye and you can loop it. You can put the loop in the eye real easy. It's just like a hook, basically. Yeah. And then you run that needle through the, and we use emerald shiners. That's for whatever reason, trout prefer emerald shiners. Um, you put the needle through the mouth and make it come out the, the anal vent. Then you pull that loop out and the, we use a split treble hook. So the split treble hook has, you can slide that loop over the hook and it goes into the eye of the hook without having to tie it on the hook it's just a loop so you can loop you can kind of snap it in there yeah and then you seat that up into the anal vent of the the mini so the line's going through the whole body and coming out of its mouth 
and then you cast it out there and you you work it like a lure or, yeah, it, it, uh, or it looks like it's swimming yeah and yeah it looks like a, a hurt or an injured bait fish catch primarily brown trout with it but you catch you know the occasional rainbow with it as well but before we learned the salmon egg technique that's what we used and we were successful at it but we weren't nearly as successful as we are with the salmon egg i wonder if that just comes from like it's so much easier like ah your egg fell off like you can throw this on so you're doing it much more so it seems like you're way more successful that's exactly it because but I guess you're. It's in the water more. So right. Like, exactly. That's the key. the The more your line, the longer your line is in the water, the more chance chances you have. you have. Yeah. So, like, I I don't fart around. Like, I get my salmon egg. I have my sling pack from Allen. Has it's like a it's a bottle holder. It's to hold water bottles. But instead of that, I put my jar of salmon eggs in there, and I leave the cap off. They're not going to fall out. Yep. And I don't have to keep reaching in and opening the cap pull one out just reach in grab it put put the egg on the hook cast back out there it takes me five seconds to rebate yep. and i i keep my line in that water as long as long as possible and i'm more successful yeah, yeah. i like the i like playing the fish though so like the uh jeff one of the guys that we fished the guy that actually taught us the technique oh it- Jeff came up with that, or he found it somewhere I, yeah, else I don't know brought how, it this way. Yeah, he, he's oh, that's the why one he was shoot. telling everybody about it today. <laughs> right. He uh, he doesn't like to play the fish. He's one of the guys that like just wants to keep catching them. So he he horses them right in, like gets it so that the side of the fish is on the top of the water and just skims to him. He gets it in. Oh, he's pulling it that, reeling yeah, it in that fast. Yeah, he, he pulls it right in, like you see bass fishermen do. Yeah, like. I, I watch bash, bass fishing videos and like they just hurry up, this, reel it in as fast as possible. Like, let, have some fun, fun fight yeah, it a little bit, fight it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but he does that with the the trout, so he gets it in, and then he's back out catching more fish, so he can catch you know another two three fish while I'm still playing and unhooking yeah. mine. So one thing that I learned like um, just to keep fishing lo- longer or more often is like the way that I tie my hooks on. So like I learned this when I was fly fishing. Cause like I would lose flies and stuff like that or want to change out. And I don't tie my flies on or uh, hooks on like what I forget what the, what's the name of that knot where you loop it through, you put it through the eye and then you bring it around and you loop or you twist it. And then it's like I forget what the heck that is. Clinch knot and yeah. Like and then that. you put it back through the bottom of that, eye or not the eye of the loop but the teardrop shape of the loop and then you pull everything tight i always mess that up and like when my fingers aren't working and it's cold out and stuff like that like today like today i can't get the dexterity to twist all that around put it through without it bunching up on itself and stuff like that so what i do and it might seem like a bit of a pain in the ass is i put the tag end of the line through the eye get enough of it out, loop it back around and put it back through the eye. And then so with that end that's folded over, I then tie an overhand knot with the rest of that tag end and the line going back to my reel. And then in that loop that's left over, I put my fly or hook through it, drop that through and then pull everything tight. For me, that's a much easier way. I wish I would have. I wish I knew the name of that knot because I learned it somewhere. Is that a, like a polymer knot? Is that? It might be. I can't remember the name of it, but I learned that, and like that's how I tie all my stuff on. 
because it's it's a lot easier for me. I do the the twist and around through and then around through again. Yeah, and then wet, wet it. Exactly. Yeah, I, I wet this one too. Um, but that, yeah, I guess the bad thing is that like if you're not good at it, like any knot, it's hard to do no matter what. Um, but I think that what I had an issue with is like it doesn't untwist if you accidentally let go. That's what I like about that. Oh like yeah, I don't have to yeah. start over again. Yeah, the the what the, the way I do it, if you're not careful, everything untwists and you got to start all over again. And then if you got a, like a little curl in your line, you're fighting that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I just got so frustrated with it. I was like, ah, I can do this a little bit easier. And it and it holds. But yeah, that's one way I like to keep myself at least more engaged and like get back to the fishing faster is learning to tie different knots and stuff like that that help me be more efficient at what I'm doing. And I think that principle can apply to any type of fishing you're doing. The oh, longer yeah. your line your bait's in the water, the more chances of catching a yeah, fish. Right. If you're if you're constantly farting around with uh tying tying your flies or hooks on or trying to bait or untangling from the trees behind you you're not going to catch as many fish yeah exactly yeah and like Corey, like it's great like but i I sort of laugh but like because i'm not because i don't do it i Corey sets his hooks super hard like to the point where like if you're standing around (laughs) don't be close to him because you're gonna get nailed with that with that uh float it's but i uh, get overexcited yeah, because like getting into them and then boom, it goes down. Like I live for that that feeling of it and, and drop that, that float that, going under. Yeah, that split second, and of then that, it, you got the tension on yeah, it. Yeah, that yeah. I live for that feeling. Look, I've I've I said this earlier today. If there was one thing that like outdoor related it'd that I could this. do, if I had to pick just one thing for the rest of my life, it'd be trout fishing. Yeah, because it just that that feeling of that float going down and then setting the hook and feeling that weight at the end and the tug yeah oh man i live for that yeah and i think like for me like i like i love that too but like i like i see it go down i'm like oh something took it and then i like i gently set it and it's like oh they let go (laughs) i get myself in trouble all the time for setting it too hard catching something behind you yeah catching stuff behind me or if I don't get my pole out of the way quick enough, it just wraps around the pole. So I have this huge <laughs> yeah. mess. Or um, I bang the float off of a rock or something yeah. and it, it breaks the float. Well, speaking of floats, like you broke off just above your float today. Oh, I and, have no idea and how he, that happened. He had a f- fish on and like it broke off. And that fish was out in front of me. The, like on pretty much the rest of the day, you could see the float going around and everything. I don't. I don't know. I had just just lost another float, so I I re-rigged, and like three casts later, boom! Float goes down, set the hook, and I hear snap, and I and I no no tug. It's just slack. <laughs> I'm like what happened? But reel in, and yeah, I lost the whole thing. And you could, yeah, you could see the float see under that the water. Orange float just going around, back and forth, up and down. And every once in a while, that fish would jump out of the water. I think it was trying to shake that, yeah, that line off him. I've, I, I hate doing that, but nothing I can do at that point. Yeah, I tried to catch it, but like I had no luck. That fish wasn't that greedy. Yeah, get caught again. We have, with with this with the salmon egg and float technique. We know I know 
I've caught the same fish multiple, oh, at yeah. least twice because they have the red marks in the lips where you caught them before, where yep. the hook has caught them before. So it, you know it doesn't hurt them that bad if they're biting again. Oh, yeah. So that's uh, another positive pro, you know, pro for this technique is that it's not it really. It works. Yeah. And a lot of times I don't even touch the fish when I'm letting it go. I have uh, hemostats. And I'll just reach down and grab grab the hook with the hemostats while it's in the mouth while the fish is still in the water and just twist it and it comes right out. Yeah, and it even, doesn't even break their yeah and and I break their jaw or anything. It's pretty clean. Yeah, and you don't have to put your hands because you know the oil from our hands affects the slime on their bodies. So well, you I, I had so much oil from all those salmon nice. eggs on my hands, it didn't really make a difference. Right. <laughs> yeah, I had that. I had that oil everywhere. Like. Like Corey was saying, now he uses that that Allen sling bag. Um, I have a just like a hip pouch sort of thing with a cross shoulder strap or whatever, and I put it in the little side pockets on the hip stuff, and so it's right in front of me there. Same thing that Corey's doing is like it's open and everything, so I can just reach right in. But uh, one thing I found is like don't bend over with it like that. I dumped half a jar of eggs into the <laughs> water this morning. That's why I love... First catch, I think I did that on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to take your picture. That's why I love that Allen pack, because it's it's that mesh water bottle holder, and like it's it's a lot taller than the jar of the salmon eggs. So if I bend down, they fall out of the jar. And they're still in there. They're still in there, and the, the salmon egg oil leaks out, and I make the oil slick down the stream. <laughs> but salmon eggs don't fall out, which is... Yeah. Because I used... How did I used to do it? I used to have it in your vest or something or well I had an older pack that didn't have uh, a holder like that so it had um, pockets and two zipper pockets so that one pocket with like two uh, two zippers so I would zip it against the jar so the jar Uh, stayed up on top of the pocket and I could reach in but every time you bent over (laughs) all dumped out it all dump out yeah and then i got one of those um it's yeah i I used to be able to buy them at like cabela's where you would take the jar lid and and get rid of it uh, and then you would screw this on and it was like a flip cap and you just flip it up and get in there and then snap it but there's a couple issue it was so hard to flip that up it was really tight fitting so you'd have to almost have to get both my thumbs to get under there flip it up and then one time trying to screw it on the jar i dropped it in the stream and it plastic it just got washed away i dropped a whole jar i mean it was empty because i was closing it up going to put it back in my bag and because my hands were all oily from the eggs it slipped right out of my hands and i watched it go down and disappeared we're littering yeah yeah it's we're not being as bad as some people. <laughs> uh, like, I had never fished with salmon eggs before this. Um, a lot of it was, like, usually live bait, flies, lures, stuff like that. But until I learned this technique, it, I had not used salmon eggs before. Not that I didn't know they existed. I just didn't have a use for them. We used power bait back in the yeah, day. Yeah, I used power bait. And this is, I mean, I guess this is kind of what power bait replicates. Because you, you make, yeah, power make bait little balls. balls and, yeah, yeah. Different colored balls. Actually, I have a whole bunch of well they're beads but they're beads that are the same color as like you'd find like a salmon egg or something like that that i'll tie on when i'm fly fishing and if i 
know that like I just want to switch over to something like that and I'll use those. They they actually work pretty well. I have those trout beads too. I've never used them though. Yeah. You just put like a little like rubber piece up into it and Oh, uh, the kit that I bought didn't come with it was like use a toothpick, but it didn't work. I had like these like little rubber bands that I would like break off and like you put up in with that and but I it's weird cuz like I remember I had them on. Oh, cuz I think the way that you had to do it was you had to put it on before you put your hook on and get it slightly above your hook. Like, and then they'd swallow the whole thing. So, like, which sort of sucked about that because they'd swallow the hook, too. But the the ones I had, like, you put it above the hook and they're biting the bead. And when you set the hook, the hook would hit them on the outside of the mouth. Yeah, I think that's how this was supposed to work. But I had fish because I probably is a stupid thing or I didn't set it up high enough. They'd be able to swallow both of them, and I'd have them pull out their guts, basically. Not on purpose, but... But there's, like... What else did I use to fish with? Um, all those little pellet flies that I showed you. So, like, there's this one place I would fish at with a with a buddy from work. Um, and it was... He was a member of this fishing club, and they, they'd have all these pellet feeders. And this was, like, a private stream, right? Yeah, private stream. Yeah. Um, and the trout in there were massive because they were getting fed all the time and you could the the feeders were on timers so like they wouldn't get fed maybe like twice a day or something like that but like you could go up and like tap the bottom of the feeder with your rod and a whole bunch of pellets would fall and all the fish would just come right up to it so like they were getting fed all the time it almost wasn't fun fishing almost almost because you were still catching (laughs) Catching something they were big, big big fish um so he made up these flies that were just little pieces of cork tied to a um little hook and then you'd use those and like the fish would just nail them but those fish also weren't that smart yeah that was fun so we actually kept some fish today yeah too yeah i think it's the first year no, when michael's with us we get he cut some fish yeah he kept some other fish than that a couple we years. typically don't right yeah and like i was saying it's not i'm not a big fan of trout but yeah, not much flavor to it depends on what you get though yeah like larger ones yeah, I try not. I've realized the bigger they are, the worse they taste, or yeah. the worse they're harder to deal with too. Like they get pretty thick and mushy and bony, and I wouldn't say bony, but they, they get mushy. They, they get kind of mushy, yeah. But we kept kept five today. That's the limit in Pennsylvania is five trout. So I kept five. You didn't catch. You didn't keep any of yours. No, you? I didn't really feel. Yeah, like and, what and, we caught, we just sort of gave to you. It was like oh, that's all we really need. Yeah, yeah, we didn't need any more than five, and then. I don't like keeping any more than what we need, but we only kept them because I had a recipe in mind that I wanted to do knowing that JC was going to be here for the weekend. And we made fish tacos today and the recipe uh, is a fish tacos with avocado sauce. Yeah. And that avocado sauce was pretty on fire. So it's, it's super simple recipe and I mean, with any tacos, you can add add any any or all the the fixings that go with it. But with the so I filleted the trout and um, got as much of the bones out of there as I could. But there's always little bones in there that you miss, but they're pretty small. But take the fillets and you marinate them in lime juice, garlic, garlic. Uh, and cilantro, and then I sprinkled some taco seasoning on it. And you let that marinade 
like an hour or two. Yeah, probably. We we did it for what about an hour tonight. But, yeah, about yeah. an hour. I think because I think if you leave it in there longer, it really turns into a ceviche. <laughs> probably. <laughs> but I wasn't uh, gonna try that. Yeah, because I think freshwater fish you have to freeze before you eat them uh, raw. But so I let that marinate. For an hour and while that was marinating i made the avocado sauce which is super simple to make it's an avocado with mayonnaise honey and cilantro and lime juice so you mix that all did you put some taco seasoning or something in i it did yeah i did i put a, yeah. a pinch of taco seasoning in there too and then you cook i put the uh, fish on the grill on a aluminum foil with a lot of pam on it so it wouldn't stick and I cooked that until it was flaky and then, you know, brought it inside, let it cool. And I flaked it all up one to get the rest of the bones, get out. the rest of the bones and two, you know, to help make it taco size, taco size. Yeah. So we put them on the small street taco sized corn tortillas. Uh, we you put a layer of the avocado sauce and then you put the fish, the and fish, then, and then your fixings and then the fixings. So we had, what did we have? We had pickled red onions, which were awesome. Yeah, I would I say if you you do these, make those pickled red onions. They are they are good. Yeah, I I forget what the recipe, but it's it's white vinegar, apple cider vinegar. Um, I will I'll put a link to the recipe in the show notes. I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but it's a recipe that my wife found online that we just make quick quick pickled red onions. Yeah, and the cool thing is, is like it. You can do that the night of that you're doing it too. Like in the time that you're making the, you're letting the fish marinate. You can make these pickled onions. Yeah, you have to bring the salt. There's there's salt and sugar and vinegar. No, there's salt and honey. Honey. Oh, and vinegar. And then the two types of vinegars, and you bring that to a boil, and then you pour it over the chopped red onion or yep, and let it sit. Yeah, and it doesn't take long. So like if you're hurting on time or whatever like or don't have time to prep or you're not or you're like me and don't do things in advance like that's a perfect thing to do my mom was nice she did it for me that is true yes (laughs) i forgot to do it last night because i i I mean the longer it sits in there the better it gets like pickles yeah but i wanted i forgot i wanted to do it last night but i forgot so i asked her to do it for me this morning and my my mom loves me so she did it (laughs) Yeah, but like all the fixings on them. Like, so what? What else did we have on there? Um, lettuce, uh, green chipotle, chilies, green chilies, chipotles with adobo, 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 adobo season. Not Adobe Acrobat, but adobo sauce. <laughs> yeah, uh, and yeah, it was good stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely, so, definitely the way to do fish tacos. Yes. So I've done these fish tacos multiple times, and I, uh, we actually had had them for lent during lent this year on a friday and it was the perch that i caught uh through the ice when we went ice fishing i i caught about 15 perch and we kept them and cleaned them and i did these fish tacos when i was making it i for, i didn't flake it i forgot to flake them and i was i was hungry I was just piling on the... the Inhaling your food. Well, yeah, I was piling (laughs) on the fillets on my taco. And then I have a tendency to take a bite and just basically inhale. And I forget to chew. 
because they're really good. <laughs> and so I took a bite and inhaled and realized that I had missed bones when I was cleaning them. So I got a throat full or a bone. I got a, a, a perch bone down my throat and like instant gag. And like I had to go to the bathroom and I got sick and I've, yeah, just trying to. Your body was I, trying I, to get that yeah, out of there. I was there. trying to get that out. I actually vomited, and and finally, eventually, got it out. And you know, you that mental blockage that you have when you get sick after after eating something, even if it's not the thing that got you sick, like you associate it, it with you it. And you associate it with it. And I was like, I I love these tacos. I can't. I, I can't not eat them. I can't <laughs> not eat them. So like, I cleaned myself up, went back out. And finished my tacos like they were they were too good just to waste. So, but so yeah, but definitely the I mean it it doesn't have to be trout doesn't have to be perch. I mean you could do this with any type of pretty yeah, much white we, fish or yeah. The, so even, even so the trout is a little bit different type of flesh than like perch or walleye. Yeah, perch and walleye are like the the preferred fish. The nice white firm and they stay sort of chunky. Yeah, which is fl- good and flaky. Yeah. Uh, the trout are, I think, a little fattier. They don't, they're a little oilier. Yeah. But it, I mean, when you have avocado sauce and all the other, yeah, fixings. it doesn't matter. Yeah, because it's really like you, you take those fixings and put it on anything. I mean, heck, you could use, you could use pork, put it on like carnitas or something like that, and like, yeah, oh, yeah, great, like, yeah, make some venison carnitas, put that stuff on it with those pickled onions. Hopefully, I get oh a, man, hopefully I get a turkey and can do some turkey carnitas. Yeah. Ooh, I've never had that. Oh, yeah, because you guys talked about them on the last podcast. And we I was did. like, oh, I never thought about doing that with the legs. Yeah. Good stuff. But, yeah, so hot tip, flake your fish fillets before putting them into your fish taco. Yeah, so find those bones. Find, so you can find those bones. I, I blamed it on my wife because she rushed me when I was cleaning <laughs> those fish. Sure, that went over well. <laughs> <laughs> we do have a few other trout recipes on the website. There's a trout and a Thai basil recipe. I was going to say, honestly, this is the first time I've actually had filleted trout. Every time that I've cooked trout, I split it down the center because I've, I've done it on a fire. Like I split it down the center, take the guts out and clean it and then cook it um, that way. Um, but this is the first time I've actually had it filleted, mostly because I don't want to do the work. So Corey was nice enough to fillet them. <laughs> I, I prefer my trout filleted. If I'm going to eat them, I like them filleted. Yeah. And most of the time we're frying, you know, uh, deep frying them. Yeah, you want to um, get all the stuff away from it. So, yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Because, like, I've cooked them whole where you gut them and you you take the bloodline out and you cook them whole. But I... I it's I too hate, much. It's picking. Yeah, like it's that's, picking, and yeah, and I don't, it's a lot of work. Yeah, I don't. I don't like eating that way. I yeah. just like shoving food in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, but when you're out in the woods, you can't be picky, man. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's so. Like I said, we have some other trout recipes on the website. Justin has a trout and parchment with Thai basil. So go check out that. It's a pretty simple recipe. I bet you they'd be good poached too. And I've never had them on poached trout. Maybe not poached. Maybe how poached did, isn't the right did word. But Mike didn't make the ones the last time. No clue. I think he brought them home and he he cooked them cooked whole. Them. Did he? He sent he sent pictures. I can't remember how. I, I just remember him cleaning them in your parents' kitchen, like right in the sink. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know what he did with them when he got home. So 
as we always do, we're going to end with a last thought. So, JC, do you have any last thoughts for us? Um, I mean, like, this is something I look forward to every year, coming up and fishing with Corey and his dad and getting out on the river. I mean, we usually, really, except for last year, was, I think there may have been, like I said earlier, like the year we, two years we really didn't do it, and one of them was last year. Um, but that was just because of scheduling conflicts. We couldn't do it, but it's something, like I said, I always look forward to getting out there and doing it. Um, like fishing is for me has been something that's more not about always catching stuff, but more like the memories that I get from, from doing it. And, um, something I like, not only that I share with like Corey, but like a, a couple other, my good friends. And it's usually with those guys, like my good friends that like we're out there doing stuff and it's usually around fishing. And, um, I get, I always think about the one time that like, um, I was at, out in Idaho with my buddy who just moved out there and we, uh, we were fishing and, um, we, we didn't really know what we were doing cause he just moved out there. We literally drove out there the day, two days before. And so we're fishing in, um, I forget what the heck it was above the, it was part of the Boise river and, um, we're out there fishing and we're catching cutthroat and like, I didn't know what a cutthroat was at the time. I just thought it was some regular rainbow pretty much. Then he told me, it's like, Oh no, no, like people like are like kill to catch cutthroat. Um, so like that was sort of a special time for me, but also on that trip, we almost didn't make it back because <laughs> we, we were, uh, in his Volvo cross country, uh, car. And, um, we were on these dirt roads out in the middle of nowhere and we're trying to see how fast we can go on these dirt roads. And we hit this um, water diversion, catch some air, slam down the front and crack the radiator. And there's fluid everywhere. And we have no water, no food. We're stuck out in the middle of the somewhere in Boise and cell phones don't work. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I mean, for fishing, like that, that's not all that time was but like it was it was a good time but it did we we specifically set out to go fishing that day but um yeah a lot of good times happen when you're fishing yeah and i i think that's why i say this is what i would pick if i had one thing to pick and you know i I love hunting but hunting for the most part at least the hunting i do is kind of a, a a solitary adventure you're out there and and you're quiet you know you're not you're if, definitely if you're, not talking yeah if you you're w- with yeah. somebody you're not talking it's a it's a solitary adventure solitary right? confinement <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but I, like I, today when we were all lined up and that's what i was that's what i was thinking it's like this is why i like like this the most is because there's six of us we're all laughing, joking, catching yep. fish, having a good time, making fun of each other, yeah, <laughs> and and still enjoying the outdoors. But we're we're able to do it together, and I I think that's that's uh, that's why I like it so much. So tomorrow, we we're planning to go out again tomorrow. We're gonna try. We're gonna go to a different spot of the same stream we were at this this morning, and then we're gonna go to a in the afternoon we're planning on going to another stream a third stream that uh, a section that it's a little bit of a walk to get into uh because it's a it's a 
private road that you can't drive back, but you can walk back it. Um, and there's this beautiful stretch of stream that I don't know when we started fishing it, uh, my dad and I, but it, it was a while ago. And like, I have so many memories from, from that stretch of stream, like fishing with my dad and my uncle and, you know, standing in the pouring rain and catching fish. Or there was a time that my dad and I were fishing down there and a bald eagle flew just like at the treetops and it had a fish in its talons and it was just overhead. And then, um, the times that you and I have fished down there. Yeah, that's where I learned this technique too. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm looking forward to, to checking that part of the stream out tomorrow. Yeah, for sure. Well, I want to thank you guys for listening to us talk about trout fishing tonight. Uh, like always, the show notes with uh, links to the recipes and the different things we talked about will be online. Uh, so head over to social media, check out Harvesting Nature on Facebook and Instagram, and uh, please like and subscribe. Tell us what we're doing right. Tell us what we're doing wrong. Leave us a review, and uh, you have a good night. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.